this week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we bring in a special guest from the VMware community to talk tech careers, imposter syndrome, and how to enhance your brand. Join us as we pick the brain of Yadin Porter de Leon. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio with uh, Andrew Sullivan. This is the second time I've seen you today. I know. It's, uh, I'm sorry. It's It's okay. That's all I got. I'm sorry. You look exactly the same. I hope so. So um, that's good. I would be a little worried if you look different. It's only been like four hours. I know. It feels like two. A week. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so today we have a very special show. We've got a special guest from VMware. Uh, His name is Yadin Porter de Leon, and he is here to talk about tech career development. So Yadin, if you could tell us uh, who you are, what you do at VMware, and uh, how to find you on social media, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you, Justin and Andrew. I really appreciate the invite to the show. First of all, I'm super excited. This is the first time that I've been introduced as uh, Yadin at VMware. So as some of you know, I've just joined. So that part just really kind of I'm tickled by that. I'm super excited. So Yadin at VMware, just it's sinking in. It's sinking in. You're the first one to announce me that way. And so I'm just starting to, to get into there. Um, so yeah, to give you a little sense of, of what I do uh, is I'm, I'm part of the uh, the content, executive content team actually here. So uh, I branding myself as a CIO whisperer. So I've spent a lot of time, as some, some of you out there may already know, um, helping uh, practitioners, helping senior managers, directors really up-level their careers and kind of move you know, their, their, uh, their careers forward, as we're going to talk about today. But I've taken on a new role at uh, helping CIOs and CTOs and others of the, uh, of the tech leadership uh, move their careers forward. So I'm getting to, be, getting to do uh, some full-stack stuff, uh, Justin, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, and still getting to do some of the, uh, some of the all the way from, you know, you know, practitioner, the people who really, really make the tech work in the org that make it real all the way up to the people sort of, you know, um, you know, waving their hands and saying, you know, digital transformation. So that full full stack, uh, you know, from an audience perspective. And um, just to kind of give some, I guess, a little more context, I, I started the Level Up Project, which is all about helping people level up their tech careers uh, by creating content. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I'm just looking forward to, to helping some more people do what they do better. Cool. So what was your background before VMware? What did you do? I was actually, I have a background in leadership and professional service, believe it or not. And one day I had the opportunity to walk into, you know, this marketing role and say, hey, look at, you know, why don't, uh, why don't we actually bring some reality in the customer voice and, you know, the real world into this whole crazy marketing thing. So I helped, you know, people like, you know, AIG and... And, and others, you know, do deployments and get in there and work from, you know, with the, the senior architects to, you know, to some of the tech leaders and help them plot stuff out and make stuff real, you know, in their environment. And that was just super fun. And that's what really got me, I think, into helping people at scale. So I was helping people one-on-one, you know, doing what they're doing better, building processes out, kind of transforming the way that, you know, their operations was changed. And that, that kind of led to, you know, hey, I want to do this, you know, one-to-many. I want to help a whole bunch of people. And before that, I was kind of podcasting and blogging and doing stuff like that. But mostly I was really just, I spent a long time listening. Honestly, Justin, I was spending a lot of time listening to the, some of the great people that were creating great podcasts, creating great blogs, and, and really just figuring out, you know, where I could help. I like how the, you, uh, you use the term reality-based marketing, as if, <laughs> as if the implication was that marketing is somehow based in fantasy. 
um, which is not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Hey, I love my marketing peeps. I love my marketing peeps. So there's a lot of really brilliant, wonderful people out there. But it's also it's also really great to pull people in who have actually gone and deployed something, who have looked, you know, at how long it takes a bill of materials to get from one person's desk to the other, and where it can go wrong, and how how a Snickers bar or Reese's pieces can some sometimes you know grease the skids and make things long, move faster. I mean, really down to that that level. It's and it helps, you know, because then you know you know who you're talking to. I was gonna say there's a fine line between you know things being the way you want them to be versus how they really are right so you have to kind of find that middle ground (laughs) i think we have we've experienced all that you know everything from it infrastructure to children uh i think you could probably have a long deep conversation about that (laughs) the things the way they really are versus the way we want them to be i feel like that describes Uh, the epic struggle between marketing and engineering it is we could go we go deep into that one we could but that's not what we're here for that's not what we're here for We could get into trouble too. Um, so uh, we're gonna yeah. go ahead and everyone's everyone's great. I love I love everybody. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is great when you're part of a team. Uh, so Yadin, uh, we're here to talk about tech careers. Uh, and yes. so I, I I don't know if you've listened to the podcast much, but I um I have this talent for derailing conversations and taking them into all sorts of different directions. So let me, let me re-rail us. Wonderful talent, Justin. It is. Wonderful talent, I believe. There is beauty in chaos is the way I look Mm -hmm. at it. So um, let's re-rail and talk about (laughs) uh, tech careers. So you are currently in a role at VMware where you're helping CIOs develop their careers and other, I guess, C-level people. So tell us a little bit about how you are doing that. Oh, that's a wonderful question, Justin. That's one of those evolving conversations, especially when it comes to tech leaders who are still trying to figure out what is that whole crazy landscape of the future, where it's AI, IoT, um, you know, uh, you know, ML, um, all that blockchain. How does that all fit into what I need to do? What skills I need to have, and and how do I turn that into actual real? things that that actually make a difference in you know how fast we go to market how we do all these things or you know how how my career progresses as well and it's, it's looking at it from all those perspectives and so i mean the first thing you actually do is first of all i tell everyone first you got to show up and you have to care it's the first thing you can't teach anyone to do that so i actually have you can't see this because this is podcast land you, you know you don't see my hands waving but i'm pointing at this wall that i have in front of me and there literally are pictures of cios the logos for the companies I work for, and a quote—not just a quote that you know has been splashed somewhere or is in some ebook. It's a quote that I personally have either I've interviewed them personally, and they've get that quote from you know from my interview, or I've listened to an interview, and that's a specific quote I pulled from that. And I look at that wall and I think about what does this person need? What does the you know what does Cynthia Stoddard from Adobe, CIO of Adobe, need? You know what does Zach Hicks, CIO of Toyota, need? I'm looking at the wall right now, and and that's how I start. That's where I start. First, I care, and then I I listen. That's that's how you start with everything. With Cynthia Stoddard. That's a that's a blast from the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had her for a while here yeah. in, here in yeah, NetUp. She's, yeah, she's CIO Adobe right That's now. right. Yeah, moving on up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great ideas. Great ideas she's got about about having cloud-like characteristics in your DNA, some you know, some fun stuff. And so yeah, they're just they're figuring out what's you know what what is a CIO? I mean that's that's a, that's a real question right now. Like what is digital transformation? What does it mean you know to all these different things? And that you know just not just for the C level too. It's all the way down to everybody. You know I shouldn't say down. I should say across. And that's what's I think what's great because I'm when I'm listening to these leaders, they're starting to use that language a lot more and more. They're not talking about sort of the stack. They're talking about more of this more of a flat structure and taking ideas from all all directions and not have this hierarchical I mean having these you know open office hours or some call it open mics uh, and where anybody comes to them and good ideas come from everywhere and I can't tell you how excited it makes me to be engaging with you know with tech leaders in those kind of conversations 
So you're telling me that tech leaders are starting to realize that they don't know everything and that yes, open sourcing know, ideas is, yeah, that's crazy. But let's say, for example, I was just in an executive briefing, you know, um, with a $60 billion company and they're talking to, and I'm in there with James Waters, you know, talking, you know, about Pivotal and containers and Kubernetes and, uh, and they're, they're like, there's somebody who is obviously not a CIO, you know, this person is much, much younger, um, but they're there when they're in this conversation, they're an equal partner in the conversation. No one, you know, no one, you know, wants that his opinion or her opinion to roll up to somebody then to roll up to somebody. It was just, it was just beautiful to see that, that, you know, that type of cross-functional conversation happening. I'm sitting here thinking of, you know, is that a, is that something that's changing amongst leadership or is that just good leadership being good leadership? And the example that I have here is, uh, so I was in the military many years ago and, one of the best, if not the best people, uh, person I've ever worked for was my, my CO when I left the, the Navy. And he was absolutely phenomenal in that he did two things, right? One, he was the CO. He was the guy in charge, which means that he came up with all of the policies, all of the rules, all of these things that were implemented by the XO, right? The executive officer. And generally what would happen is he would tell the EXO, right, go out, make this happen, you know, enforce this policy. And then he would quietly follow along behind and, you know, oh, that EXO, he's such a pain. Tell me what you guys think about it, his newest, latest, you know, dumbest policy. And he would go back in behind and collect all of that intelligence about how people felt and what they thought and how they were reacting and all of these other things in order to build what was ultimately a better, more successful command. Uh, so the other side of that, and the other thing that I think he did better than probably anybody I've ever worked for or with is he was extremely, extremely empathetic and supportive in that. Uh, so things like, uh, uh, you know, military PT tests. I never saw a man run more than that man did on PT days, on, on PT test days. He would run, if we were running 10 or 12 tests a day, he would be out there running with somebody every single one, seven days in the week making sure that people were passing and ensuring that his sailors were as successful as they possibly could. I think it's just fantastic. Well, first of all, uh, Andrew, thank you for your service. I always like to thank people who, you know, who make that decision. Uh, and secondly, you brought up a perfect point because these things, all these things never changed. This isn't new. I mean, this, this idea of taking ideas from everywhere, it's not new. It's, it's thousands of years old. It's, it's the fact that, you know, we, it's funny that we kind of treat it as new because we've spent decades, you know, with this hierarchical leadership structures where people didn't take ideas from everyone, especially, you know, in, in outside industries as well, where you're getting, you know, this sort of tech like, um, sort of mentality of like, let's all get into groups and let's really, you know, bring all these ideas together. And it's starting to spread out into other industries that have, you know, been, you know, traditionally more hierarchical. So you're spot on Andrew that good leadership is just good leadership. And the fact that we're seeing it more in sort of the CIO and the tech leaderships, you know, within these non-traditionally technical companies, I think it's just a testament to the fact that there is some elements of tech culture, you know, not just Silicon Valley, but all over, you know, the world where, you know, where these sort of tech cultures have, you know, been, been developed and it's being brought into this, you know, into, into these large you know, organizations that are now kind of evolving to say, look at, we don't have to have, you know, it's going to, our company's better. Our customers are going to be better. Everyone's going to be going to derive more value from this experience. If we just stop being, you know, I'm the boss, you're my subordinate. And, you know, and, and I, and the, those leaders are, you know, having that, that humility, um, that they, they understand that they shouldn't know everything. In fact, if you're going to hire somebody smart, you know, hire them. It's a smart person and, and then have them tell you what they need to do. Don't hire a smart person and then tell them what to do. So yeah, absolutely. Andrew. So do you, do you think that there's any correlation with this willingness to, 
I don't know if listen or maybe take risk uh, uh, coming from IT departments with this understanding, right? This this uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but it's it's in the afternoon and I haven't had caffeine in a couple hours. <laughs> but uh, so you know where. More or less, because IT has gone from being a cost center in the eyes of many businesses to being a contributor and oftentimes a, a core component to success, right? Doing things like analyzing data to provide better insights to make the sales motion easier, faster, et cetera, right? Where now they're suddenly willing to listen to, you know, this this generation of younger people who have grown up with these technologies and understanding what it all means and you know, are, are no longer of this mentality of, well, this is the way we've done it. We're going to continue to do it because don't fix what's not broken. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to tie the, what we're talking about right now to, you know, to the idea of tech careers, because that shift in, let's say, for example, all the way from the top, the CIO no longer being a service provider, they're being a strategic member of the executive leadership team that then rolls down from everything from budget decisions to strategic alignment, where the CIO is actually coming there and deciding and, and being a part of that strategy, like being a part of marketing strategy, being a part of their, you know, their channel strategy and in natively absorbing technology as part of how they do things and a part of the opportunities that they can provide to the business for innovation, for time to market, for, you know, for new product development. And that then trickles down to every single person within that IT you know organization so that they're now being seen as stakeholders in this innovative process they're seen as essential components to the go to market strategy for a new new product whether that product is you know a you know a digital or tech product or whether that's a physical product like you know farm equipment like John Deere is doing you know this amazing transformation with you know IoT and all these things and the people in the technology teams there are seeing different way in which to interact with the organization and you're getting more fulfillment you know more purpose when when you're in that type of organization so i mean anyone who's looking around they're not getting that and they feel like let's say for example they're in a role that's they really feel like it's very hierarchical, very top down, very much, you know, everyone keeps all their, you know, technical information close to their vest and want to share it with anyone. They should know that there are lots of organizations out there that are not like that. And that number is growing. So, Yudin, I'd like to ask you a, a question that is really broken up into three parts. And you know, when we talk about tech careers and really careers at any in any industry or any organization, right? I think that there are general there's things that apply across your career or throughout your career, but I think there's also certain things that apply at the beginning, the middle, and and as you get more towards being you know ending your career, if you will. You know, Justin and I are both at more or less in the middle part of our careers. Um, you know, so we we have established ourselves, but that doesn't mean that we're done, right? We still have many years ahead of us. Uh, knock on wood. So, uh, I'm curious from your perspective, right? What are some of the things as somebody who is relatively new to the tech industry uh, should be doing, should be aware of, should be cognizant of in their career in order to plan for the middle parts, right? And then kind of the same set of questions for the middle part of your career. No, I love that because it really is your career is a journey and there are different stages of that journey and everyone is on their own. And so uh, when you take advice to from people, because I'm, you know, uh, I would not, I would not, you know, name myself as, as knowing, you know, or, or present myself as knowing everything about everyone's career. You really have to look at it as, you know, it's find those, find those kernels of, of wisdom, you know, if you're just starting off uh, that help you think you know, rather than give prescriptive advice of, you know, of, of specific steps to take, I think 
seeking out individuals who help you understand first what you want and what you can do and what your talents are and how you discover those talents. That's, that's one of the first things you should always be looking out for. Now, if you're young, you're definitely, you know, if you want specific types of roles and you find out, okay, I can't get that role unless I get a certification. Yeah. Go ahead and get certifications. Um, definitely, you know, go, go and get that technology, you know, information you need. But when you're first starting out, I mean, the first thing that you should really, really know is two things. And I love to, I love to, to get on the, the soapbox about these. Number one, I tell people before anything else, um, you don't always know or where you think you're going isn't always where you're actually going to end up. Don't keep, don't close your mind off to one specific goal and where you're going to go. I mean, if that helps you drive forward, yes, absolutely set goals and drive towards that. But no, don't say no to opportunities that come to you because you think you're supposed to be headed in a different direction. Be open, be open. That's so incredibly essential. And the second thing I always love to tell people, and this is, uh, it may even be more important. Um, this is something that uh, that a few people have said, but I always like to you know to say it was you know Ken Ken Hoy and, and I sort of were at this one VMUG UserCon and, and we kind of mishmashed this sort of thing together the two of our, between two of our statements and that is if there's only two people or one person in the world who knows how good you are or what you can do that one or, or those two people they control your destiny from a career perspective they control where you can go so you have to start making sure that. As many people know how good you are and what can you, you can you do. Now, this is not bragging. This is not being, you know, verbose and you know, audacious and, and disingenuous or marketing yourself, you know, um, overly. This is just connecting with other people, networking, going to conferences, reaching out and asking people for help. Sometimes asking people for help ultimately, ha, you know, results in you collaborating with them and them seeing, you know, your capabilities and, uh, and, and what you can do. And then you've got a connection too, and you've built your network. So those are the first two things If somebody who's just starting out. Yeah. Um, uh, just get out there make sure that uh, you're connecting with people and, uh, and don't, don't have your blinders on. Yeah. One of the things I always tell people is build your own brand. Right. No, nobody is going to be an advocate for you. You have to be your own best advocate. And a lot of that comes down to just, you know, choosing who you want to be um, and, and making sure that you advocate for yourself, that you build that brand and, and publicize it as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's wonderful because, you know, what's what's embedded in that is the fact that you're a lot of people really rely on the person they report to to help advance their career. And this has been something that's classic from, I don't know, from, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, and, you know, and even before that, where you, you reported to somebody and that person then, you know, was the sole source of, you know, well, is there something available, you know, you know, can I, can you put me on the, on the Thompson account, you know, and, and you sort of, you, you network and, you know, with that one person and they would control your destiny. Um, but that's, that's, that's the problem is that, is that you can't, you can't wait for anyone to give you that opportunity. You just can't. You have to go out, build your own brand. You have to blog or podcast or go to shows and network um, because you cannot wait. Do not wait for someone to hand something to you because you'll be waiting a real, real long time in many cases because nobody's, you know, everyone's advocating for themselves. You know, your, your boss or your boss's boss is trying to think about their own career. They only have a limited bandwidth for the people on their team, even those who care the most about you and about their team. They've, they're, they're, their bandwidth is divided between all the people who, who roll up to them. Uh, and you're always going to have way more bandwidth for yourself than anyone else. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to need to get out there and produce content and be consistent. Cause what I found when I started producing content was that you really didn't have an audience. I mean, no one knew you existed. So unless you stay with it and keep at it and keep producing stuff that people want, then it's just going to kind of, you know, you're going to, you're going to disappear and you're going to say, you know, it's just too much effort 
you know, I can't really do this. If, you know, and it, you don't see the value in it until later on. Like, it's not going to immediately happen for you. Um, a good example uh, is Emily Dickinson. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's an American poet. She yes. didn't. She didn't produce any of her poems. Like she didn't publish her poems for for the entire lifetime. Or you know, when she was writing, she only did like a few dozen. But she wrote like eighteen hundred poems, and she would keep them very private. And you know, no one knew how great of a poet she was until she died. And everybody's like, "Oh man, look at all this stuff she's written." <laughs> and they started publishing it, and then you know, she's world renowned. But before that, she's just kind of like you know, writing your little poems in the corner and no, you know, not letting anyone read them. But I think it's important yeah. to realize that that's beyond just a public persona. Right, and that 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 same concept can apply. Of you know, hey, I, I'm I'm a tier one Linux administrator, and consistently delivering quality work, and importantly, ensuring that you know people understand who's responsible for that work. Right, uh, it, you know, within your organization is is part of that whole build your own brand thing, right? Because knowing that you're not allowing, you know, your peer or, or somebody like that to take credit for the work that you're doing ensures that you see that success. Right, and you're able to prove out- outward. But I, I think the same theory applies, right? Because even if you're doing it internally, like if you're not going out publicly and showing everybody your stuff internally, they don't know you're doing this. You're, you know, there's a lot of people that do good work that no one knows they're doing the work. Absolutely. And this is kind of like the common, you know, complaint about IT is like, it's an, un, it's a thankless job. If everything's running, no one cares. <laughs> is, that, is that why I see you so much on Yammer? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Hey guys, love me. You, Click you like. know, the funny thing is, no, no one can say thank you if they don't know you actually did something. And yeah. so it becomes thankless unless you actually, like you said, like you, you get out there. And I imagine there may be somewhere, some, someone somewhere who's like, you know, the Emily Dickinson of open source and they're going to die one day and someone's going to discover their project on GitHub and it's going to change AI forever. And so maybe that person, instead of, you know, keeping that, you know, that thing private, um, you know, go ahead and go ahead and share it, share it with the world, you know, share it to get feedback, share it to, you know, to see if you can improve upon it, share it for all sorts of different reasons. And, you know, and it's funny because one of the things that you can do when you're sharing stuff like that and you continue to share and you build an audience, you build a network, it doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be enough people and you'll end up having something to, you know, to, to talk with, you know, with people about that you normally wouldn't have a reason to talk to somebody about. I mean, I selfishly started a podcast. You don't have to be so public, but one of the things I did, you know, with podcasting is because once I had a podcast now, just I had a reason to talk to pretty much anyone. I would just, you know, I mean, from David Allen, best-selling author, you know, to the CEO, you know, of, you know, Platform 9 or whoever, you know, that I wanted to talk to, you know, and it gave me a reason. I'd ping them and said, hey, look, I've got a podcast. Would you like to be on it? And, you know, you know, all almost 10 times out of 10, they would say, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and it was just, it's it's great when you have that you know, that thing, something that you're working on that you can then share with the world. And then you have a reason to connect with other people or find something that they're working on. So, Yadin, I'd like to get your perspective and your thoughts on something that I think is is an extremely important, arguably critical component of, of any career development, but something that I think a lot of people kind of put off, right? They kind of brush off. And that's the mentor-mentee relationship. Yes. Manatee or mentee? Manatee. <laughs> <laughs> the manatee, the manatee relationship is interesting. I know, but mentorship is is so incredibly, incredibly critical. And I believe in, you know, I believe the one-on-one. I think is really, uh, really great. But I also, I love to roll the one-on-one into a much broader umbrella of what I call distributed mentorship. And that's creating a whole network of resources that provide you with what you need to get to the next level to advance your career. And that idea is. 
uh, those one-on-ones are part of that. You know, YouTube is part of that. Blogs are part of that. Um, you know, just people at, you know, one-offs on meetings or hallway conversations are part of that. Community is a huge part of that. You know, you're on social media, you go to the conferences and you look at people, watch people on stage or, you know, or listen to their talks. All that is part of a mentorship process for you. And one person, one individual, I don't believe is enough. One person is not enough to mentor you like you just, oh, I just made one mentor and they'll show me where to go. You really need to get more resources. So it's like, for example, a good analogy is like you're going to, you know, you're going to college and that there's, you have that one professor on that one subject. You know, that one professor can't tell you everything about that particular class. You have to go out and you, you, you do homework, you do research, you do all these other things. This person is maybe one of your advisors and helps you more like be a guide on that journey rather than being the supplier of all information. So what you're looking for with individuals, you're really looking for guides. You're looking for people who are, you know, you're, going to be with you your entire career, you're going to build a part of your network, are going to be able to give you that that professional guidance and sometimes that personal guidance, that that career therapy, as I call it sometimes. And, you know, and you develop your network of career therapists, those people you can trust when you're in a rut or you're looking to make the next move or you want to see, you know, what's out there. And that's what's going to be your most valuable resource. You know, even if you're just starting out, you just know one or two people that can make the all the difference in the world and even if you don't know them well if you're just developing the relationship you will be uh, astounded and amazed especially if you reach out to the community how many people are willing to step forward and help and give you advice uh, and be there and they get a lot because they get a lot of value out of it too and uh, I think that's important to, to know so I'll add a couple things here so going back to our fantasy versus reality discussion so <laughs> your mentor is not going to be goodwill hunting it's just not going to happen, right? You're not yeah. going to have – Rob Williams is not going to appear and just show you the way, right? So yeah. um, you're going to need to, to rely on more than one mentor, in my opinion, um, for a couple of reasons. One, not every mentor knows everything. And two, you don't want to wear out your mentor. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Right? Because, I mean, they've got other stuff to do. And, then, and you know, they yeah. don't want to be Robin Williams to your, you know, Matt Damon, right? They want to do their own thing. And sometimes they're a little selfish, too, because they don't want to, you know, share all the knowledge because they're afraid that you might come and snatch their job away, whatever. For whatever reason, find multiple mentors because you're going to get more out of that. And you're not going to look like this needy hanger-on who's just trying to boost your own career, you know, by using them. Second thing yeah. is when you're doing this mentorship, make sure you're contributing too. Because if you don't contribute, then it's worthless. All you're doing is being a leech, <laughs> for lack of a better term, and you're not giving yeah. back. So part of community is sharing your knowledge that you have gained while you're taking knowledge from others. Exactly. I'm so glad you brought up that point because that is beautiful. The giving back part is incredibly essential. Because when you see, when others see that you give back and you become a real part of that you know, community and not, you know, a lurker, as some people call it, uh, then, then your people are far more likely to, to step, you know, not just to, to say yes when you ask, but to also reach out to you proactively because they see what you're doing and look to you, maybe even look to you to mentor them on some things. And, and then, you know, that becomes that, you know, that, that creates that two-way street. And people are surprised. Like I've had people who are, you know, were, were in mentorship, you know, sessions or part of, uh, part of summits where they're, you know, they're in their, their late twenties and they're, they're helping somebody who's in their early forties. Um, and they're just like, what could I possibly possibly share with this person but it turned out there was a wealth of information so you really you don't know until you connect with somebody you know you know where the where those connections can be made and where those that knowledge overlaps and how you can help so um, just the first step is always just stepping forward step forward raise your hand get on a call get up on stage jump on a podcast you know say yes when someone asks 
So this is all well and good, you know, step forward and create content, right? But there is something out there that people fear, and it's called, you know, basically it's known as imposter syndrome, right? Am I good enough to be in this position? So if I'm experiencing such doubt, uh, you know, and self-loathing, how do I get past that? <laughs> how do I get past this imposter syndrome where I think that I don't know anything? Uh, well, the step number one, and this is like, there's, I don't know if this is a nine step or 12 step program, but, uh, I think that's guys, AA, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> but step number one is realize that I, and uh, is about 95% of the people in the workforce suffer from this. I actually just wrote a blog, blog post about this, you know, a couple months ago, uh, about imposter syndrome, or I think it was a, it was a podcast and a, and a, and a blog post. And yeah, it was, it's about 95% of everyone feels that they don't know enough um, or they're going to be discovered. Some meeting, someone's going to ask them that tough question and everyone's going to look at them and their boss is going to scratch their head and be like, why am I paying you? Um, or they don't want to do a blog post or they don't know, like, oh, if I start a podcast, what could I possibly talk about? Um, or if I get up on stage at a, you know, at a, at a VMUG meeting, what could I possibly talk about? Or, you know, um, or, you know, a coding meetup. You just know f- First step is know that you have value that you can, you know, give, you know, to the rest of the world. Actually, one of one of my favorite quotes was was from David Allen, who's, you know, the author of Getting Things Done. You know, he's got, I don't know, one point two million, you know, Twitter followers, or not that that's the be all and end all metric, but he's changed a ton of people's lives. And he said the first thing he struggled with was feeling that he had something to share with the world that was valuable. And that's the first step you got to get over is that you first you say, no, you have something valuable and you can share it. And even if you're in your job and you think that that person might, you know, ask you that tough question and out you in some meeting, continue to remember that, you know, it's either the passion that you have, the energy that you have, the way that you pro- solve problems. Because the technical information isn't, isn't nearly as important as, first of all, having the passion and actually caring because, and being relentlessly curious. Those are really far more valuable than, let's say, a specific you know, you know, piece of knowledge because you can get that. Uh, you can go on. You can get the certification. You can go on YouTube. You can find the information. You can read a white paper. You can go on and read a blog and know it. But if you're not curious, you don't care, then, then, then you can't teach that. You can't certify someone in caring and passion. It's not a cert you can get. So that's my that's my take on on imposter syndrome, is that you know you're gonna feel it, you know I I feel it along with everyone else. There are meetings that I get in and I'm in with the C level of this or the VP of that, uh, or you know you know senior architect and I'm like I have no idea what this person is talking about, and I'm way out of my depth, and you have that moment of fear, and then you have to take the step out of that because you're gonna feel it. You're natural. You're human. Just take one step out of that, and then don't be afraid to raise your hand and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not as familiar with this as I should be, or I want to be. Can you explain that to me? And some people are in cultures where they will actually, they will get out. They will get, you know, somebody will point the finger at them because it's the, they're in, in that toxic of a culture. Um, but if you're not, you can do that in a cross-functional meeting if, or you can just go back and realize, you know what, you know, it didn't matter that I know the answer to that question. I'm going to go up and look it up if it's something that I'm interested in. So know that you're going to feel the fear, but take one step out of it and, and, and be curious and, 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 and just find out more and know that you're, you, you won't know the answer to every question. You just won't. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the way I deal with imposter syndrome is I just don't care. I mean, yeah, I just, so, you know, just, I, I know I'm going to miss some things. I know I'm going to be wrong about some things, but that's just how it is, you know, and you can't care too much about that. Well, there's something to yep. be said that feeling that way means you're being challenged. 
And yes. that, that is arguably something that you want throughout your career. So, because that means that you're growing, that you are, are continuing to improve yourself. Yeah. Uh, I do love, I love that because it is, you, you put yourself in a situation where you are stretching sort of the limits of your capabilities and you're doing the next big thing. You're taking on a new role. And that's what a lot of people do. They're taking on a new project, a new role. There's lots of uncertainty. We as human beings, as everybody knows, we don't love change uh, by and large. Um, and even if we do love change, there's still that moment where you're like, you know, I thought I could do this, but wait a minute, maybe I can't. And so, yes, if you do find yourself in, you know, feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome, it probably means that you're you're probably in a good space from a learning and growing perspective because you don't know everything. If you knew everything, the answer to every question, oh man, you know how you know uh, you're not you're not really being challenged that much, and you, people start to feel stagnant, and people start to feel you know things are you're getting a little stale, and they're starting to get antsy because they know everything, they know what to expect. Some people love that, some people thrive in that environment, and they they know when they they go home they can just flip their brain brain off because they don't have to think about anything or learn anything new. But I think a lot of us also, you know, really need that change and need that challenge. And so, yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, if you feel that way, feel a little uncomfortable, it probably means you're, uh, you're heading in the right direction. So as far as community goes, I mean, what are some ways people can get involved in communities? Where can they find information? Like, what, are you, what is your experience with community and what sort of places do you know that people should look? Uh, so glad you asked, Justin, because uh, I just happened to. This is going to be totally shameless. I just happened to be working on the 2018 version of the uh, the V Trail map. It's just one, you know, resource, um, and there's a whole bunch of resources out there that uh, are available to people who are looking for whether they're in the virtualization community, whether they're in the coding community, uh, whether they're into project management, doesn't matter. There's a, there's a community out there that you can get resources in. And so, for example, the V-Trail map was something I created as part of the Level Up project to help people who were just either A, didn't know even where, you know, that there were, are resources at all, all the way to the other end of the spectrum that people were aware of resources but were just totally overwhelmed because there's too many. And so the V-Trail map is one asset I created to hand to people physically and also digitally to say, hey, look, get started here. Here's a small list. Here's a short list. And you, you listen to this podcast. You read this blog. They'll mention the other related resources, and then you can kind of go from there. Um, but the first thing is, is, you know, is going to a meetup because nothing is better than finding another person who's already further along on the journey that you want to go on from, let's say, a community perspective or a resource perspective, and then being able to pick their brains. You know, people who are at these meetups, people who are at these, like, VMUGs, they're very willing. They're there simply because they were helped. So they're more than willing to help others. So get started by going and finding someone who's either plugged into that network or go to an event and just start talking to people. Say, hey, look at I'm learning, you know, I want to learn what resources are out there. What can I, what podcasts can I listen to? What blogs can I read? What, you know, what videos can I watch? And then you'll immediately get just their favorites. And those will lead you to other people who are doing, you know, and reach out to the people who are creating the content and they'll tell you what their favorites are and, and you'll be able to grow from there. And so communities are just a phenomenal resource because it's just this virtuous cycle of people who were in the dark before, who were helped by others and now they're, you know, they're giving back. Yeah, meetup groups are great, partly because they're free. Yes. Right? You don't have to pay <laughs> to go. Sometimes they're sponsored and there's yeah. pizza. Well, yeah, I mean, they're sponsored and you got to listen to the sales pitch, kind of like a timeshare. But, you know, yeah. you, you do get that free interaction as opposed to, you know, paying to go to a conference. You know, conferences can be pricey and, you know, you do get a lot of good value out of them. But if you're looking for an easy way to start up and just kind of, you know, dip your toes in the water without having any sort of real sacrifice, you know, V-mugs are great, right? You can go there, meet up people that are in the same kind of work field as you. They're local usually. 
I've seen them happen in North Carolina and Asheville. I've seen them in Raleigh, uh, and they happen all over the Bay Area. So, I mean, they're they're everywhere. And I think it's just great. It's just a wonderful, fantastic organization. And the membership is growing because it does. It helps people do what they do better. Uh, and it's just wonderful. Um, but yeah, just go find other people um, that were plugged in. And, and one of the things that, you know, that I was thinking of doing was just going kind of doing road shows. Because sometimes you don't, you, you don't even know, you know, where to, you know, you don't, you don't even know where to get started. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a good idea of some of the resources that are out there. But one of the things I've been encouraging people lately is that, you know, go to the people in the organization. Don't just assume that they're plugged in too. Go, you know, and just even have just like a little community roundup meeting for 15 minutes. And, and this is, this has had dual purposes. Some people have done this. They've had like 15, 20 minute meetings like at lunch. Um, and they bought, I don't know, like, they bought like, you know, cookies at, you know, Safeway for like five bucks. And they put them in the table to bring a bunch of people there. And they just spent 15 minutes. And A, they got to hone their speaking and presentation skills. And B, they got to connect uh, a bunch of the people at their place of employment to this broader community while, you know, of course, you know, disseminating cookies, uh, which is the best way to, you know, to distribute information in my opinion. Yeah. And also there's the V Brown bag series, right? So if you're not interested in starting your own YouTube channel, you don't think you're going to get a lot of views and you still want to do this sort of video type of presentation, you want to work on your skills. V Brown bag is a good way to do that. You know, get in touch with the people who run that and start sending in submissions, right? And have them hosted on their channel and you'll start to get more and more, you know, feedback and visibility there. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, there's other wonderful resources like, you know, vmwarevideos.com, free VMware education. I mean, this is all VMware related, you know. There's Tim's, you know, Tech Thoughts. There's a lot of really great, you know, resources out there uh, that, you know, are provide you know, people. I mean, vbroadback is a fantastic one. And Alistair Cook just is runs a great organization and he's just, they produce tons of content. Uh, from from people and, and yeah and it gives you an opportunity to present content as well as well if you are like you know want to you know talk about something yeah go on kind of talk to Alistair and 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 go on v brown bag but a lot of people have used that as just their training ground you know i want to learn about nsx or i want to learn about kubernetes or i want to learn about you know um you know OpenStack deployment you know on ansible <laughs> um and and they, they have a place to go to learn on just a myriad of topics or career development there's even like you know i think rebecca fitzhugh like did the role play where she was pretending to be interviewing or interviewing somebody and you know talk about some of the questions you'd be asked as you know to become a sysadmin and all that stuff um there's just fantastic resources i would recommend people go back and listen to the episodes of the geek whispers if you want to learn about tech careers and different people in different roles listen to the geek whispers just wonderful wonderful content there um no the only thing i was thinking is you know maybe for, for people who are a little more introverted or just intimidated by that, you know, super public, going to be in a video, going to give a presentation type thing, I think things like participating in uh, uh, forums, you know, it, like uh, community.netup.com, right? Or participating in mailing lists, you know, the toasters mailing list, the infamous toasters mailing list. Toasters. Right? <laughs> um, you know, participating in ways that you can be a little bit more anonymous, but again, providing that, you know, consistent uh, or, or doing partic consistent participation that adds value uh, is one of those things, ways that you can build a, a community rapport quickly. And then if that evolves into, you know, hey, I'm feeling more comfortable, I want to go to a meetup, and then it's suddenly very uh, uh, odd when somebody comes up to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I know you. You helped me with this problem before, right? And it's a very easy way to start that conversation and begin to build from there. Yeah, Andrew knows all about being internet famous. People coming up yeah. and I recognize yeah, you. you. Get, 
Yeah, do you get followed by the paparazzi on a regular basis? That, that's not internet famous. That was being told, hey, you're going to be on the uh, main stage at Insight in front of 5,000 people. <laughs> internet famous Andrew Sullivan. <laughs> so um, as far as like uh, you, what you're talking about with, the, you know, having a forum presence, there's also things like, like the GitHub presence, right? Being able to write scripts or code and posting up there and, you know, contributing that way. Exactly. I can't underest, uh, underscore the, the importance of community. And I think people hear that a lot. And they're like, you know, get involved in the community. It's great. Um, one of the big things that people come up with is a lot of those objections. And so I think that's one of the things maybe just sort of as we wrap up here, just to cover some of the objections that people have. And the number one, of course, is time. I don't have enough time. There's no way. I got to get pick up my kids. I got to, you know, I got to go to the grocery store. You know, I got to, you know, dig a trench for my new, you know, garden in the backyard. I get all this. Like how, how could I possibly go to a VMUG? Well, how could I have time for a, a VForm? And the thing is that that it's 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 really easy to come up with those. You can come up with them, you know, any excuse and and avoid them. But you have to really take a deep look and say, you know, where do I really want to go? And you're going to, in order to start something new, you're going to have to stop something. So there might be, um, you know, there might be, you know, binge watching that next show on Netflix. You might have to avoid doing so that you can actually maybe, you know, go and participate in a forum or write a blog or do something. So find that thing that you're going to stop doing in your life so that you could re-architect your life to start doing the things that you need to do and stop making those excuses because it's real easy and you have them anyone listening to this who's kind of scratching their head going yeah i really want to do that but dude stop that get that monkey off your back you know that yeah but yeah but yeah but get that monkey off your back and say look okay i'm actually going to design my life around you know taking on the next big thing or integrating you know community or even just and it doesn't have to be big it can be small it can be like a, a forum it can be something that doesn't take a huge time commitment but stop making those excuses so so Yadine, you're gonna need to give me hard numbers here because i need to know exactly how many hours i need to shave off my candy crush a candy crush you yeah that's say, very well, important how many hours are you spending on spending write the number of hours you're spending on candy crush and then and then that's the number of hours that you need to devote towards doing something else. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. You'll also save probably save you a lot of money. Yeah, can you switch that to career crush? If you can do that, career crush and you crush in the career. You should create a crush. game, career crush. Yeah, career crush. That's fantastic. Maybe this is a podcast somebody can start actually. There you go. Career yeah, career crush. crush. You know what you uh, ought to do is uh with your V Trail map, you need to hand it out with some V Trail mix. Ooh, see, there you go. We're getting creative here. I love see, this. Yeah, yeah. V-trail, V-trail mix. Every episode, I give somebody a horrible idea to add to their collection. Uh, oh, that's so. wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy I'm gonna that one. Put that on my, yeah, my content pipeline. I'm going to put the V-trail mix. <laughs> we'll put that on the priority list at the bottom of my priority list. Oh, uh, that's right. I'll, I'll, right I'll, below I'll Candy Crush. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe just you'll allow me to sort of shamelessly plug some of the stuff that go I'm for it. doing now and we'll be launching at VMworld. 2018. Um, so, so as you as you noted, um, the VTrail map, the 2018 version, which is your community guide for your virtualization journey. But it's more than virtualization; it's way, way, way more. But this is, you know, the form that I, I you know, I launch it at. Um, but it's not just physical; it's digital. And so, um, wonderful, lovely. I'm just going to do a shout out to to Farah over at Zerto for stepping forward, and you know, her love for community has created the uh, the opportunity for me to do the 2018 version, and it's going to be a VMworld, you know, in Las Vegas. Um, the digital version of course it's going to be available everywhere everywhere email is present uh, all over the planet um, but what it is it, it has everything from the v brown buck stuff we talked about to um, the podcast that i've started with you know lauren malhoyt and matt oswalt um, called the tech village uh, which is just a podcast that we host to help people with uh, with tech their tech careers uh, uh, every other week 
Um, so I would I would definitely encourage people to 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 check that out when they get a chance. But um, you know, if you want to uh, learn a little bit more about the Vtrail map, you know, you can you know reach out to us on Twitter at tech underscore level up. Uh, or me at Porter De Leon on the Twitters and find out more about what uh, Tech Level Up is doing as a project. There's about 50 of us now, everyone from you know Keith Townsend to Brad Tompkins, who's the president of VMUG. Uh, it's a really great group, phenomenal individuals. I want to shout out to all of them. Um, all of you are just uh, are, are just doing so many great things. I'm truly humbled to be you know to be um, you know part of this and to have started it and everyone to kind of come to it. But you know, um, reach out to us about uh, some of the stuff. There's a, you know something that we're coming out with as well is going to be the tech journeys, which is uh, something that's just going to be like a PDF of all different people and how they came to where they were in tech and their stories. Um, and you know, you can kind of follow them on their journeys and kind of see how your your career relates as well. So a lot of lot of fun stuff, a lot of fun stuff happening out there. And I'll note this isn't just VMware centric. This is like you know global career tech, right? So I mean, this exactly, is, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you know, I'm you know, I maybe have my role, but let's say if you know on our podcast, you know, Lauren, she's a networking. Matt, he's a he's an engineer and he's a programmer. I mean, it's just kind of across the board. It kind of just it helps you kind of move forward, just from a, a career in general. Like really, just a lot of great thoughts about you know what you can do as an individual and how you need to approach you know the the way in which the, you manage your career. And so that's that's really what the whole genesis of this was really for. That uh, was to to just help people you know to get moving. All right. Excellent. So, Yadin, thanks so much for joining us today, talking to us about career development and all the goodness of community. Um, yeah. And again, Tech Village, right, if you want to check it out. And... Yes, the Tech Village, you know, at the at Tech Village pod, uh, you know, on Twitter, if you want to and yeah, check us out on SoundCloud and um, love to, you know. Love yeah, but are, are you on iTunes? <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Yes. Justin, you can reach us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud, or wherever else your podcatcher happens to be. That's right. See, there you go. There you go. See? <laughs> we're everywhere. We we're, are. Yes. We're also on, not podcasting on all of the things, just That's like right. you guys. Podcasting right. on all the things. That's right. We're not, we're not competitors. We are no, no, not at all. Cooperators. Um, no, it's great. And I love, the, love what you guys are doing. And so I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's been, it's been really fun. Yep. Appreciate it, man. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetUp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Yadin Porto de Leon for joining us this week. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.